Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about the Fujifilm camera system and the photographers who love to use them. And of course, this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things related to the Fujifilm X series, GFX cameras, head on over to Fujilove.com. Joining me this week is Brent Henderson. Brent is an amazing landscape photographer in Calgary, Canada. You may have seen him on Photo Tripper, the YouTube channel presented by Gavin Hardcastle. Uh, you may have seen his uh, Instagram feed, but other than that, you're a pretty hard person to find online. Yeah, I, I took it all down uh, a couple of years ago. I um, I think my, like most of us, as as you get better, you sort of try to find a way to to make a living doing photography. Uh, that seems to be like the end goal with everybody. And I did. Uh, I, I went okay, I, I guess. I, I sold quite a few large uh, size prints, which was which was the goal. Um, but it took me a long time to realize that not all passions need to be a, a side hustle, you know, and. Um, I just saw a lot of people that ended up having to do photography for work and they stopped enjoying it because it became stressful. Um, yeah. For me, that was becoming the case. I was sort of um, giving myself too hard of a time for not producing enough or not selling enough. And I had to really reflect on why why I was doing it. And I, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I, I love it. It's a passion. And maintaining an online presence was the opposite of what I wanted to do. I just want to be out in the hills uh, taking pictures of big peaks and uh enjoying myself and so i guess that's that's what i've done even um i've even taken the instagram off my phone i, I guess it's still online so there's i haven't posted on there in a while maybe after this conversation maybe i'll have to throw up a, a couple new images but um yeah i mean we just we're almost all almost all of us are in this because we love doing it and uh it took me a while to figure that out i mean that's amazing a lot of people wouldn't go down that road they they would uh, like, like you mentioned Pete, they, they just continue on with the photography and uh kind of let the dice fall where they may uh to to really make that change is uh is, is amazing and i have to say uh, from the moments that i do get to see your photography and right now i'll be honest the only way i'm seeing your work is through gavin hardcastle's channel uh, whenever you are guesting on his uh, shows, when your images come up, your panoramics are just breathtaking. You have this the, this this seamless quality to them that that just uh, it, it, it's it's breathtaking. Uh, the, the mountains that you photograph, the the the, the colors, the the detail, it, it's just. Well, awesome. that's that's really nice that you say, man. Thanks. That means a lot. And the other item that uh, I wanted to bring you on to talk about is the fact that you're using the Fujifilm medium format cameras. The uh, which camera are you using right now? I'm using the first one, the uh, the 50s, and um, there's a couple of reasons why I've stuck with that. Um, but I, I think I probably will stick with it for the next few years at least. Uh, the new 100S is tempting, but it's it's not enough 
um, of a difference for me, I think, um, especially because I, a lot of my images are stitched panoramas anyways. Yeah. And, and so it ends up being so obscenely large that, um, I'm usually having to downsize it to print it. Um, so I don't, except for when I do cheater panels, um, which is sort of like, I guess you do like an in-camera crop, which is one of the nice things I like about the Fuji system. I, I don't know if the other mirrorless cameras have started doing that. Um, but I, I know Gavin's, um, new Sony doesn't have those like in-camera, um, uh, aspect ratios that you can change on the fly. And I just love that. Um, so I guess that would be the one reason I would go up to the hundred megapixel one is if I wanted to print an image five or six feet wide and I wanted to do it out of a single frame, um, or if I needed to focus stack something that gets too complicated with stitched panoramas, which is pretty much what I do. Um, yeah. though, I, though I guess if I went to the hundred, um, I, maybe I would just stop stitching entirely. That, that, that is possible. Um, there's a few reasons I'd probably still stick with that. But. Now, did you get a chance? To, I know Gavin has been given a lender GFX 100 S. Were you able to use that or did he? Yeah, I, I played around. <laughs> Well, he was busy using it too, but, um, yeah, so we were in this area called Lake O'Hara. Um, well, he was, he was in the Rockies for, for three weekends, uh, well, three weeks. And I, I went out, uh, cause I have a day job. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, I went out and met him for three weekends. And so yeah. I, I did have, so there's a few more videos that'll be coming up, uh, I believe as well. Um, I saw the most there. recent one with your, uh, with your girlfriend. Wink. <laughs> Actually, we live together, but I guess that's that's the fun thing about spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's all fine. It, it, that's the fun thing about the channel is, um, I mean, you could just sort of make it whatever the hell you want it to be, especially because it's a comedy comedy based thing. Um, some of it can be real, some of it can be made up, and, and nobody really cares. Everybody just enjoys watching it. Yeah, totally. Here, all right. So, a little bit of a tangent. Um, was, I can't remember the question. It was let's go on a tangent. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so in. America, we have this ongoing joke in, in that if you're pretending to that you're dating somebody, uh, we usually make the joke that, oh, yeah, my girlfriend, she she lives in Canada. Oh, do you? That's funny. So what do you Canadians do <laughs> when you're pretending to be dating somebody and don't actually have one? I, I've I've never heard of that, but I'm I'm gonna start something. That sounds great. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay say that they um we we're talking about Georgia. She lives in Georgia. That's what I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start that. That sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, we, oh, your question was, uh, I think, if if I had a chance to use a, uh, the GFX 100. Um, nah, yes and no. So he didn't know how to program all the buttons, and that's one of the things I love about the Fuji system. Is I mean, they do come with some pre-programmed buttons on the back. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the the smaller Fuji cameras uh, have that. I haven't played with those, but yep, they do. Um, you could just program everything, which is amazing. Like you, your, your, where your finger goes is where you want it, uh, where you've thought about it ahead of time. And you can, I mean, it does take a little bit of time to, um, I remember maybe taking a few weeks to sort of really get it fine tuned and I could keep moving them around, but, um, everything is so intuitive with, with the camera. I just love it. And he had a lender and didn't know how to program it all. So I had to go through the menus and start to program some of that stuff for him. So that's, uh, and then he lent me, um, the 100 to 200 for, for part of a day. Um, but, 
the one thing I didn't like about the the 100 um, was that the the top dials weren't there. Um, one of the things I yeah. love my camera is um, the uh, the ISO dial and the shutter speed um, are right on the top, so I don't even have to look at anything. I can just on the fly change things because in the Rockies, the I'm sure like most other places, but especially in the Rockies, the light changes really really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. if a storm system's moving through or whatever. So you're having to change things um, all the time, constantly. And um, I love having that on the top of the camera. Um, and then I noticed the, um, the I don't know, the uh, the D-pad. I guess that's that's an old video game reference. But um, the um, the thumb dial basically wasn't wasn't there. So yeah. it, it wasn't quite as nice. Now, to be fair, they, they had to cram this monster. I guess it's the same size sensor isn't it it's, they just put more megapixels in it but um the body is smaller it's lighter um it's really beautiful and it's amazing that they've been able to cram all that into uh into that body but i honestly did miss those dials and that that's a turn off for me but i guess they had to make some trades if they wanted to make it light yeah and i have to agree with you the the dials are such an important thing to to me uh using the x series cameras and when I had the GFX, now this is mostly on me for not practicing ahead of time, but I went it kind of feet first and photographed a wedding using oh. the 80 millimeter. And I assume my- that would be a beautiful lens. Um, what was it? Because that's a new one, isn't it? It's a new one. It's their new, uh, I think, 1.7. Yeah, and what did um, what did you think? Amazing. the The glass was perfect for portraiture, and it gives you it's it's equivalent to using uh, around like a fifty sixty millimeter full frame. Yeah, and then and I think and the depth of field is even less than on a full frame, so you you would have gotten a really shallow depth of field there. Yes, and it's just just chef's kiss beautiful. <laughs> it is amazing, but. In the middle of a wedding, when you are looking for your exposure compensation, oh. it's like, oh, how did I, wait a minute, how did I used to do this on the Canon? <laughs> Maybe I could. Um, so it took me a little bit to kind of uh, get the hang of it, uh, but I managed. And Yeah, you jumped in the deep end of the pool with that one. Without, uh... <laughs> I really did, and, yeah. I, and that's on me. But fortunately, I didn't lose anything. Uh, I also had my second photographer like right over me uh, just in case I miss a shot with the camera. Uh, She was there to, to, to nail the shot. Oh, you're the real deal. That's, that's great. Um, I didn't trust myself. What, what (laughs) what did other than the huge file size, did you notice anything different with the dynamic range with uh, the crop sensor and, and the media format sensor was, was there enough of a difference for you? It's, like like well well one of the things that i i really enjoyed about the the, the new camera the, the the new medium format camera is the uh film simulation the nostalgic negative yeah I, I don't know if i have that on mine um actually so i guess i just need to update my camera but uh um so for portraiture that that would be amazing i suppose it was good because it was the start of fall and the the nostalgic negative gave an extra 
contrast and warmth to the leaves. And uh, interesting. Like it was just j- j- just mind blowing. Uh, well, you've told me on it. I, I better update my camera. It's been a while. Because <laughs> I, 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 I was one of the first people in town that got it. So, I mean, I've had this camera from, I don't know when it came out, four years ago or something. Yeah. Um, and I've updated it twice. And a couple of the updates I really liked. Um, and then every time there's an update, you can read what's on the new update. And if it's if it doesn't blow my socks off, I usually don't don't update it. But Yeah. Uh, and then the depth of field, that depth of field is just amazing. Um, now, now there's another side to that though, because when you do landscape photography, generally you want more depth of field and with, uh, with the larger sensor, you get less. Um, now that being said, uh, diffraction doesn't kick in until a stop later. So generally you just stop down an extra stop. Yeah. And that, that sort of works out. And most of the lenses go up to, what does this one go up to? Um, this one goes to f32 um and and most uh i came from canon as well and most of them stopped at at 22 so i guess that's just how it goes yeah so back in one of the videos you had mentioned that uh you were using a canon tilt shift lens for your yeah yeah yeah, it's probably i use two lenses the most um i use the the sort of regular zoom lens the 32 to 64 yeah, um, and then I use the Canon uh, tilt shift. Yeah, so it's a twenty four mil tilt shift. Yeah, how how do you feel that? The, uh, how excited are you for the new tilt shift that uh, Fuji's developing? Oh, ridiculously uh, excited about that. That's that's fantastic because I, I use it a lot. Um, yeah, I use it to correct lines. I use it for um, shifting and stitching panoramas. Um, I use it. I know in. Uh, a lot of Gavin's videos, he tilts his camera down so he gets a big distortion on the mountains, but then it cuts off most of the sky. So with the tilt shift, then you can shift back up and you can recover some of that sky. Um, or if you want to keep the, the trees super straight, um, you just line things up, um, uh, well, straight, I guess, and then you just shift up or down. Uh, uh, so it just gives a very natural uh, look, to, look to it. I guess a lot of the images that I, I gravitate towards are are people that shoot on large format cameras and, and, and those cameras inherently have a shift and a, and a tilt and a swing all built into it. And a lot of times you can't really tell why those images are so good. And, but one of the reasons is everything like the perspective is just really, really natural. And I never even thought fun. of that. The, 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 the straightening of the trees and, and the tilting, um, that that would be a factor. But I mean, I, I don't use large format either. <laughs> no, I've I've never tried, but uh, um, I've I've just seen a lot of prints in, in galleries and whatnot, and uh, just blow blows your socks off. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of it is just how they're they're shifting the camera around, which is which is pretty cool. So so yeah, I, I use that a lot, and and assuming they're they're true to their word, I'm I'm I'll be first in line to to grab that one. They they haven't really released how. Uh, how wide that's going to be yet, I, I think. But no uh, details whatsoever. They just yeah. announced that they are uh, they are making one. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there you go. And and with luck, and it's doubtful, but with luck, they'll uh, allow you to add the uh, the one point four teleconverter on there. Because um, when I use this uh, the twenty four mil tilt shift on on the uh, on my Canon camera, um, I actually almost permanently had um, the 1.4 teleconverter attached to it. 
Yeah. And so it turned it into basically a 35 mil uh, tilt shift, which actually worked better for stitching panoramas. I just liked the, the the view that way. I thought the 24 didn't work if I was shifting back and forth. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I am, I am very excited about that. And uh, so I, and is, was the hundred um, megapixel enough for you to, to go down that, that alley or was it just too, too much over, too overkill for you? It is. So while it was great in camera, uh, it was bringing it to the computer was just too much. Uh, my, my old Mac is not the best at handling those kinds of files. And I was dealing with the JPEGs. I wasn't even dealing with the raw files. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, it was sweating bullets when I was trying to like use Lightroom to, to sync up three or four different photos to, to have the same coloring. And well, that, yeah, that, that is one of the things I do love about the Fuji system. And I'm sure you get that uh, on your camera as well as the film simulations are amazing. And there's a bit, you've probably noticed there's a bit of a difference between the way that Adobe renders uh, the raw files to look like the film simulations. Yeah. And then, I don't even bother. And with then Fuji's like Fuji has the secret sauce and they don't want to share it with anybody, which is, which is too bad. So Adobe gets pretty close, but it's, it's certainly not, not the same. The, the JPEGs are stupendous. The JPEG. When I was with Canon, it was strictly shooting with the raw files. But uh, with, with, with when I finally made the switch to Fuji, it was it was all JPEGs. I wasn't afraid of using the JPEGs. I wasn't afraid of editing the JPEGs. Now a lot oh, of people yeah. will say it's destructive editing, but I approach my photos like a construction worker approaches a uh, a, a street with a jackhammer. <laughs> so, <laughs> As long as it looks good at the end, I don't care how I approach it. Oh, that doesn't seem point. destructive to me. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and if the end results uh, looks great, awesome. Did I break a few pixels? Yeah, probably. But but look at this. Look at this black and white that looks like T Max. Awesome. Uh, yeah, if you're happy and your customers are happy, that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, so. With you know, with uh, your photography, like where where did the love for photography begin? Um, where where did it start? Were you always driven to uh, do landscape photography? Uh, where how how did you get into photography? Um, I guess I guess we did a lot of camping as as kids, um, and. Uh, and we had a, a film camera, or somehow I had a film camera. I don't know if it was my folks' camera or mine, but I ended up being the one taking all the pictures. And um, it almost never had people in it. It was it was always about the landscape. So I just loved being outside. So that, yeah. that was, and I guess there has been a bunch of gaps in between that. So that's that sort of as a kid and early teenager, and then I think as my high school graduation present, I ended up. Um, my mom gave me a, a camera, um, a film camera, as as a graduation present. Um, I was hoping for a car, but I got a camera <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it actually, I, I was really trying to remember what brand of can, uh, camera it was. It might've been Casio or, um, some brand that they probably don't sell anymore, but, um, it, it actually had, it was a 35 millimeter film and you could shoot regular pictures or you could shoot panoramic pictures. And 
And I went through those a, f- a few years ago and I noticed like almost all of the images I printed, I just sort of gravitated towards this panoramic format. Um, yeah. Even, even way back then. Um, and so that was that. And then I ended up when I was maybe 20, I did a year of travel through Southeast Asia, Australia, and Europe. And I, I brought this like five megapixel Canon camera. Hmm. Um, okay. And at the, at that time for you to back it up, you had to go find some internet cafe and, and they would try to, they would burn it onto a CD and you would try to bring that home and hope the files weren't corrupt when you got home, which yep. half, half the time they were. But, um, so I took I don't know, thousands and thousands of pictures with that. Um, and when did I, then I ended up with a Canon 40D and then I ended up with a Canon 6D. And I did another year of travel with that. Um, I, I drove the Pan American Highway, which is from the top of Alaska down to the bottom of Argentina. Um, the Canon 6D was an amazing camera. It did really well. Um, and I, I have a lot of really great images from that camera. Um, but the whole time I wished that the megapixel count was higher. And, yeah. Um, and then I... I ended up in, in Vegas and I ended up in Maui and places where you would see like these really um, big uh, galleries with enormous prints because they're very touristy areas. And there's some good photographers that have these huge prints on the wall. And all, all of them were either shooting with like Hasselblads or phase one and all of the, or, or large, large, large format um, cameras. And I was just kept being gravitated towards that. I mean, the cost of those cameras is well, just beyond, beyond my means. And oh yeah. As it was at the time. And, uh, there was these rumors, these rumors of this Fuji camera coming out. And I just followed these, these rumors online, like this rabbit hole. And it turned out, turned out to be true. And I was, uh, one of the first in line to, to pick it up in Canada and, um, haven't turned back since I, I really, really have loved the system and uh what was your first one so this is the first fuji yeah i just went straight to the uh the medium format because oh I you went right to gfx you didn't go I, to X series. No, no i went straight to gfx i, I wanted the big sensor um, yeah and it was sort of like a cost-effective big big sensor and at the time there was barely any lenses uh so i think i ended up with the 63 mil and um and my tilt shift and that was it um and then I, on eBay, I ordered uh, some adapters. I ended up with a bunch of Mamiya um, 645 film uh, lenses. Um, and basically until uh, Fuji created more lenses and then slowly I've, I've, I have a bit of a collection now. But um, yeah, I guess that, that, was, that was the journey so far. <laughs> right on. Knock on wood. Yeah. What, now, one of the things that is still continuous to to the time of this recording people want more lens varieties uh i mean aside from the tilt shift that's coming what would be uh the the next best choice for a lens that to for fuji to focus on um what would be ideal for uh your landscape photography yeah, uh, definitely a wider lens. I think there's some rumors that they're going to create something something wider um, than they currently have. Um, so yeah, wider. 
def- definitely a wider zoom would be great. And I'm sure they're taking their time because it's hard to have a sharp wide lens. Um, so they're probably, they don't want to screw it up. Um, I'm sure. And they're probably financially, they only want to release a few lenses per year, but the system seems to be taking off like in, in a big way. I was actually worried that uh, when I bought the camera that nobody would buy it and they would stop making lenses and discontinue the system, but turned out to be the opposite. People are really jumping on this thing. So, um, so that's good news. They're going to keep creating lenses. Hopefully. Um, well, I the do whole system is dirt cheap. It, dirt it's cheap being a relative term. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Um, they're not giving them away, but uh, compared to the uh, the other medium format cameras, yeah, they they are dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, and then some type of uh, I wish they had a longer zoom. Um, I do a lot of uh, black and white pictures of um, I guess I call them mountain portraits, like yep. I uh, just of like um, the face of a, a craggy peak with some really crazy light shining on it. And, um, and I just want to include that and nothing else, usually in a square format. And, and I wish they had a, a bit of a longer reach for a zoom. Um, now I, I could get the, I think that, what do they have a 250 with a teleconverter or something like that? Um, it's just, uh, it's not versatile enough, I guess, um, for me. Uh, yeah. a, friend, a friend did lend me the Tamron, what is it 150 to 600 is a canon it has mm-hmm. a big enough image circle that if i shoot in square format it still works yeah. um if you don't shoot in square you end up with this heavy vignette on the side um but it's not quite enough i'd, I'd like if they had a better uh, uh telephoto zoom but i don't know if it's the right market for them like if you're a wildlife photographer you're probably using a different system um, I did, uh, Calgary's got this big stampede, like, sorry, uh, like it's called the Calgary stampede. It's a big rodeo, um, in, uh, in town every summer. And, and a buddy of mine was one of the head photographers there and he, he brought me in, uh, right beside. And I tried to use the GFX to, to shoot that. And it was just really challenging. It's, it's not meant for tracking fast moving animals. It's not meant for, um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten used to it, I guess, with people moving around. Maybe I'm just, uh, not proficient enough at, at things moving quickly. Well, it's also a different, uh, different system too. Um, oh, yours is probably designed for that actually. Yeah. So the GFX really isn't designed for that. Um, I suppose it's probably designed for, uh, um, studio portraiture and landscape photography. That's, and, and fast moving animals probably isn't isn't in the card so maybe they won't create uh, a telephoto zoom even though i would be the first one in line to buy that um but a wide angle for sure they need they need a wide angle i think they'll make it there there isn't enough there is sorry sorry i said that wrong there is enough demand because I, i've seen a lot of people want the the longer zoom and on top of that the the gfx 100s does an okay job at tracking fast moving targets. And and in my case, fast moving target is a child or a dog running across a a, a wedding. (laughs) So um, not, not a hummingbird, but I mean, that's, that's, that's still a hummingbird that that's still, that's still moving, moving reasonably fast, I guess. So you needed to be able to track that. And, and you notice that it did track properly. That, that's good to know. The now, now on, on the X series, I never use continuous focus. I, I always use um, either a manual focus uh, or, or I'm using the, the, the S I think single, whatever the S 
Standpoint. Single, single shot. I, I have single shot. Yeah. Um, shame on me for not knowing that. <laughs> um, it, it, it works for you. It doesn't matter. Right. For the medium format, the continuous focus worked good because for me, the, the, the thing that was hard for me to adjust to was uh, that feeling of the shutter going off. And it, compared to the X series, it feels like it took forever, uh, even oh. though it wasn't. It, but like if uh, the the bride is uh, walking towards me, like the recessional of the of the of the wedding, I would just uh, just hold the button down, and, and the continuous focus was able to stay on her uh, the whole time she was walking towards me. And that was with the GFX or with your? That was uh, with the GFX one hundred S. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's good to know. Yeah, so I would only imagine that newer cameras are going to get better. I mean, whoever thought that we would be using them for video? No, nobody. And and uh, even when mirrorless cameras came out, um, everyone nitpicked that the the focusing was too slow and it didn't work properly. And I'm, I mean, it, it's just it's getting there. It's it's doing its job now, which which is great. It just needed some time. Yeah. So. I think you'll see it in the future. I mean, it's a shame that right now supply chains are being roughed up. And, and right now, I, I guess the, the biggest issue is that Fuji can't pump these things out fast enough. <laughs> well, if, uh, in, in their eyes, that's probably a good problem to have. but um, And it, it pushes uh, demand up, I guess. Um, yeah. But I'm sure they'd be happy to sell sell a few more cameras. Just a few um, more. <laughs> I, I just want to imagine what they're going to co- uh, create next because I can't remember. Uh, may, maybe you had read this. I, I can't quite remember. But when they came out with the lenses, they were trying to future-proof them to say that they're good for 100 megapixels or 150 or something. So I'm just wondering if it gets to 150 or 200 megapixels, if the lenses, as good as they are, will that start to be a problem? Or are they still going to be okay with that? Or do they need to do like Canon does and have like a Mark II of the the lenses or do they need to just create a bigger sensor like as big as a phase one but i don't know that these their current lens lineup would would suit that so they have they obviously they know what they're doing but uh yeah i like i like imagining and uh trying to figure out what where they're going with that i think their lens lineup uh right now i'm sorry their, their sensor right now i don't think they're going to go bigger i think they have that happy medium between the the phase one size and uh you know as long as it's bigger than full frame i think they're they're okay um the size right now is allowing it it, it, now now i'm using this with no science whatsoever i'm just going on a hunch here uh the 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 size is allowing it to be multifunctional that in that it can track faster moving uh targets uh it, it's it's allowed to do more video without heating up a barbecue <laughs> it is a camera that's just a, it, it's a camera that's trying to do everything and it, it's it's getting there um i i talked to a, a gent i was i was down uh, driving around through the states where was i by grand canyon or something and this uh this guy had maybe it was havasu falls Anyways, he had um, he had a Hasselblad, and it was so clunky and so difficult to use. And um, I mean, he had gotten proficient at using it for as well as he could. But uh, these new systems are like they can pretty much do everything. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, 
You know, th- that's that's a great point too. Um, I, I remember watching, and this left a huge impression on me. Uh, Tim Kempel, uh, a phenomenal adventure photographer, uh, he did this uh, YouTube video called I, I think it's called no vacations i i have it saved on my iphone somewhere uh literally downloaded to 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 the phone um and, and i watch it every now and then because it's I, I just love the cinematography i it was one of the first that inspired me to to do my own channel and do my own kind of kind of work and uh and then thomas heaton came around and it's like oh okay you're doing that too that's that's awesome but <laughs> um the, the only difference is that tim kempel did this is the only one that i've ever seen tim kempel do heaton at least does it very regularly which is awesome well i just, um, I just wrote that down i'll have to check that out thanks thanks for the recommendation but tim kempel in this particular video was doing photography for his uh, clients or friends uh, who are doing uh, kayaking down this uh, th- this insane river. Cool. And he was dangling off a rope and photographing them going down a waterfall with the phase one, which I would imagine is considerably slower than the, <laughs> I mean, so I guess, you know, it, it's, it's all about knowing your system, knowing how, uh, knowing its limitations and then working around it. Sure, that that's that's true. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, a professional can can use any tool and, and make it work. I suppose yeah. a carpenter a carpenter could use some some shitty old tools and still build a house, but they'd rather the new stuff if they could get their hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, well, was there was there anything that you didn't like about uh, the GFX system? Um, the dials, the dials, the dials. Okay, th- that first and foremost, I I, I don't like the the no dials i i hate that screen on top i i it, i just want my x series dials like a lot of people will say the dials are nostalgic uh but in, in my eyes i'm like no they serve a function i don't care if they looked great in the 30s or 40s they they worked back then they work now <laughs> i i just want my dials back because in your case the weather turns on a dime um uh, in my case you know a couple you know literally turn on a dime um and, you know the, what could go from uh great lighting conditions to poor lighting conditions really quick uh, when, when you're entering a, a building from the outside and and so forth so i i missed having those dials Sure. Um, did you did you notice any um, any difference with the uh, the battery life, um, or were the battery life is awesome, or were the batteries just big enough to handle it? I guess the the battery is using the same as the XT4, and uh, I was only given one battery. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's almost mean on their part. Yeah, but you know what? It's a testament to how well this battery worked. Oh, fair enough. Um, it was, uh, it, it lasted me as much as I needed it for awesome. a wedding day. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. At a certain point, the, the, the camera is just really, really overkill and, and you don't need it while people are dancing or anything like that. 
Yeah, there you go. On on the uh, the Fuji the GFX fifty S that I have, um, they made the big mistake of putting the battery on the left side of the camera. Um, and I noticed uh, when uh, on the the one hundred that they've moved the battery. Luckily, um, I shoot with an L bracket almost exclusively, and so I basically um, have to take my L bracket off every single time I want to change the battery, which is, oh, that's a pain in the butt, especially if it's minus 30 outside and your fingers are turning numb and, you know, dropping the Allen key in the snow or something. I mean, it's just horrible. Um, so I'm glad that they changed that, that that's one thing that I, that I wish was different on my camera, but, uh, it does seem like they've, they've fixed that on the new ones. Um, and did I? I can't remember. Did they put a four-way tilting screen, or is it still a two, uh, three-way tilting screen on that one hundred? You know what? I actually don't. Rem- oh wow! I, I think it's maybe you didn't use it. That's possible. No, I only used it in two directions. <laughs> yeah, because- yeah. I can't. I can't remember if it was uh, multiple directions. I. I don't. I. I think it was only uh, just a couple ways. Yeah, mine is three, and I, I I would imagine the new ones are probably the same. But um, just because of how most people use the cameras, three is sufficient. Um, but because I use an L bracket on a panoramic head, it's usually in, in portrait or orientation. If I'm close to the ground, I cannot tilt the screen so I can see it. Yeah, um, I'm basically like trying to lay in the dirt to try to uh, to try to see the thing. Um, so I do wish that it, it tilted four ways. Um, but I don't know if if that many cameras even do that. Most of them are three ways, I guess. I want to, I, I, man. I, I really wish I remembered the keynote presentation for the 50s Mark II. Um, does that camera draw at the heartstrings a little bit? I honestly haven't even looked at it because um, I already have a 50s. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no re- uh, reason for me unless the sensor. Well, it's the same amount of megapixels. So for me, that's all that matters. I need to be able to blow images up really large. Dynamic yeah. range is amazing. I'm sure the new sensor, they've probably tweaked it a little bit, but it's not enough of a change. If I, if I was to change, I'd go to the 100 probably. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, may, well, you know what? After this conversation, I'll probably look at the Mark II there. But uh, no, it, it wasn't. Uh, when I just briefly looked at the specs on it, there was not enough of a change for me. Um, but I suppose for a, for a, a new user that's trying to get into the system, obviously they, they want the newest technology and, and this new one will have it. I don't know if I were to go into the system, um, I would probably, I would definitely look into the 50 S Mark II. but mm-hmm. if I were able to get a good deal on the, the Mark one or even the, uh, the GFX 50 R. Uh, I would probably lean towards that too. The 50R though, I don't think has all the dials on it. They they tried to make the body as small as possible. So they did a good job of that. Um, but uh, I think most of the dials are gone on that one. It is, but oddly enough, it's very reminiscent of the, the Fuji XE4, uh, the XE3 and X, uh, XE4, which uh, I, I've used a, a lot. <laughs> and uh i think i can manage maybe i i, I don't know maybe, maybe I, I that that would kill me did, did you use any of the video functions like you, you mentioned that you're happy that it did video but um did you use the video did you test out no i never i never used the video but i know that um uh an english photographer um kevin mullins 
actually uses it as his webcam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's intense. Well, yeah, if you yeah, look at any of his recent videos on, uh, on his YouTube channel, it's it's all done on the GFX system. Well, I hope he also uses it for something else because that's overkill just for <laughs> a webcam. But I, I I suppose there's there's no need for two cameras. If you have a good camera, use it for two things, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his portraits are uh, – he, he's mostly a documentary style or, or as they put it, reportage. They have such Ooh. cool words. Um they that that's mostly his style but he has started to do uh some great portrait work and like if you look at his black and white photography it's just un, ungodly amazing uh he is he just has this knack with with, with the black and white tone it, it's 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 awesome well and that's probably why he's using the the fuji system as well i mean the, those uh, film simulations are are stunning they do such a good job the A cross oh, yeah. uh, is is awesome. Yeah, um, which I always in out in the mountains. I always use the the red filter version of it, but because uh, yep. they they come in in a bunch of different filters. Which one do you use uh, indoors for portraiture? I'll either use red filter or or no filter. Oh, okay, yeah, um, and you don't use the monochrome at all. You you no, you, yeah, okay. it, it's it's A cross all the way. Yeah, there you go. And what I'll play with is the exposure. Uh, I'll play with the highlights and the shadows. Um, give uh, oh. I'll give it a bump in contrast. Uh, oh, for for the JPEG, do you do that like ahead of time, or are you doing yeah. that? Because I know you can convert inside the camera. You can convert the raw files into a JPEG, and while it does that, you can bump up the colors or the the highlights or whatever before it converts it for you. Yeah, that just seems like extra work. I'll just do it right. <laughs> I'll just do it right away. I don't shoot JPEG too often, so because um, I'm usually uh, the the light is so dynamic out in the mountains, I, I do I do have to have to shoot raw. But I am yeah. a bit jealous of the the end result for you because the the film simulations aren't quite the same when when Adobe does it as as we mentioned. But. Hey, if you uh, if you upgrade, then then you might be able to just use the sixteen by nine crop and ju- I, just be done I, with it. I I have considered that. Yeah, <laughs> I have considered that. Yeah, that that's that's certainly an option. Um, often I I am blending uh two exposures. I guess with a Canon, I would often have to do three because the dynamic range wasn't very good. But um, with this camera, I can um. Usually I'm still doing one shot for the sky and one shot for, for the landscape and then, and then blending those. Um, but most of the time, even though I, I take those two images, I just use the darker one and boost it three stops, um, even four stops. And I, I find I can get at least four stops. Get up to five, you start to get noisy, but four stops, you can really push that exposure. Now, if you're shooting at ISO 100 and you literally you cannot see any noise it just it still to this day blows my socks off that you oh can just, i love that you, the, you can just the, push the... these files so hard it's it's amazing and um with the canon i couldn't oh yeah it didn't even come close it's, this is just in a different league which i which i love so let me try to tease you a little bit um in the zencaster chat room i'm sending you uh my instagram to uh, my yeah. only attempt at doing uh landscape with the gfx 100s and it, it's of a farm and I can this see is it, yeah. which this film is using, what's that which film simulation oh nostalgic negative it says okay yeah 
Yeah, I love how it renders the colors. That's great. Yeah, it's no so, uh, so natural and pleasing. That's great. It's very little photoshopping. I think the only thing I tweaked was the sky. I just made it a little darker. Yeah, I, I just love the tones that that are in there. It looks fantastic. But this is around where you live, somewhere I imagine. Yeah, the, this is. Um, uh, I had to walk up the tallest mountain in Haverhill, um, which is not. It's just a hill. <laughs> um, but it's it's just overlooking this amazing farm. And uh, like, like the fall foliage uh, just gave it such a amazing look. Yeah, I wish I wish we got those oranges and 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 uh, and reds here. We get the yellows, but not not the not the reds. That's I'm a bit jealous. But one more, uh, in addition to how it makes the um, the 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 warm tones look amazing, it does something with blue that I just can't quite put my finger on. Yeah, I did notice the sky has a has a blue to it that just looks super pleasing and but not, one more. But, but not but not distracting. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, God, I don't know. It, it just it, I think I also added a chrome effect on the blue. Ah, uh, you can do that. You can do that separately. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and oh, you're sending me another one. Okay. Yeah, I sent you one more. Yeah. You're, oh, this is so. This is a boat with some some blue water. That blue is amazing. It is awesome. It was a. I mean, I I wish I had more days like this. <laughs> well, I'm going to be updating my camera tonight. I think if I can get if I can get this. What actually attracted me to the uh, one of the other things that attracted me to the Fuji system is because all all of uh, my photography heroes shot in Velvia, and I just loved those colors. But now it's to my it's overcooked and overkill for me now um and i'm sort of gravitating towards more natural colors and this film simulation just does it It looks amazing i never quite liked velvia i've never or rather i've never been able to use it effectively it sort of depends on on what you're 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 shooting if you shoot people um it makes their skin tones super red and, and yeah. they look like hell. So, so that, that doesn't, that doesn't work out. Um, if you shoot long exposure in um, like twilight hours, it sort of turns everything purple, which can look cool, but often it just looks super fake. Yeah. Um, so it sort of depends on the lighting, the lighting situation and what, and what the colors are. Um, if you're shooting in green, uh, foliage it looks stupendous um but yeah it does it does uh bump up the reds I, I i did shoot that a little bit um down in like valley of fire state park by um uh, by vegas and it really made the reds pop I, I love what it does to the reds um so it depends on if if that's what you want or not but it does make it almost too contrasty and and too saturated it does it in a nicer way than just cranking the saturation but um I'm now, if I use that, I have to decrease the contrast and decrease the saturation. Yeah. Um, so I, I've started using the other film simulations now. Um, but uh, this one looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm, you, you've got me sold there, my friend. <laughs> I only wish that it was available for the X series, that film simulation. Oh, it's not. I may, maybe they're, they're being a douche about it and, and not putting it on my camera just so that you have to buy the new ones. Um, they hopefully, said that hopefully. it's some technical thing, but it's like, eh, is it? 
that's that's unlikely but um yeah. maybe I, I i don't know I, I i don't know all the science that goes behind making a sense right i'm sure it's complicated i'm not saying they're lying <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds it sounds unlikely yeah yeah <laughs> i i do like how they uh they can update the cameras with new film simulations that's fantastic i guess that's another cool thing how the technology is um, uh, do the other camera systems do that? Or I guess the other camera systems never made their own film. So, so there's nothing. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I don't, I've never heard of a Sony film simulation. No, certainly um, not. Although I, I often say that, um, man, Kodak missed the boat on. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, Mark. Like if, um, if one of these uh, camera systems teamed up with Kodak and started making Kodak uh, film simulations for, I don't know, Canon or Sony or, or Nikon or something that would attract a lot of people. Well, my friend, I am going to blow your mind. What? I am going to put in one more link into the chat. Okay. Um, this is, uh, well, it's not official Fujifilm. It is, um, it is a, a, a gentleman who has painstakingly made recipes to simulate other film stocks for the Fuji S X system for, for the for any Fuji camera. Like, Whoa. He, if you do a search for Fuji X Weekly in your, I don't know if you have an iPhone or if you have a. Yeah, I have an iPhone. Um, you have an iPhone. So you d- definitely look for it in the iPhone. Uh, you'll be able to grab the app and you'll be able to grab a, a, a version of Kodachrome that you can use on your GFX oh. system. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I'm looking at these images. They look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot of time when when people try to do these these effects, they look like hell. Um, these These look really good. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I will. I will. That did blow my mind. I will be. I will be searching that up. Thank you. Right on. If and and if you do uh, end up buying a camera, just just give me your order number so I can uh, then get my uh, uh, commission. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll happily do that. No no problem. Right. I, I, I think I'm I think I'm good for probably the next two or three years. Um, um, at, at the same problem that you have, I'm, I'm using an, an older MacBook Pro. It's got a solid state hard drive. Um, it's got 16 gigs of RAM, but it's it's like seven years old and it's still choking on my files. And uh, my patience is wearing thin. I'm, I'm I think my next purchase is is a faster computer. I think and you and I have the same MacBook Pro. Yes, <laughs> probably do, probably do, and then uh, and then probably after that, um, actually, well, I'm going to be torn because uh, next year, if they come out with a tilt shift and a wide angle, then then I'm going to be uh, going going down that road as well. Well, hey, the the best thing about it is that you know, older model Fujis are just as awesome. Um, so you have no, no problem in that department. I, I, I have no complaints. Like it does not feel like an old camera system. Um, the, the Canon 60 Mark one was getting, uh, long in the tooth. I, I do, I had, I was, um, a bit jealous of other, uh, more dynamic range and, and, and better ISO capabilities and stuff, but, uh, of other cameras when I had it. 
um, more megapixels. But uh, with this camera, I'm I'm still I'm still thrilled. The only thing would be maybe maybe 100 megapixels. I I, I am thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah. It's 100 megapixels was nice. Um, I for me it, it it is definitely overkill. I can probably get away with uh 50 just fine and no one would know the difference no one I, would be the wiser no i mean unless unless you're doing a, a five to six foot print and even then i mean the the up up resin technology is, is still getting better too so i mean you can easily up res an image in photoshop double or more with no you can't notice any difference whatsoever i mean ideally you just have a, a quality file to start with but if you needed to make the odd print that was super huge um it's not that hard to do that yeah, right on. So I got to ask, we're almost out of time. Um, I, I, I got to ask, you, you have a few more episodes coming out uh, on, on Gavin's channel? That's right. Yeah, I, I don't. It, I mean, it's a bit of a surprise for me because he's just sort of filming everything as we go. And I, I never really know how is how it's going to turn out. So it's just as fun for me to watch as anybody else. Yeah. Um, and half the time I forget what kind of stupid shit that we did. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, so then it's, it's fun to, fun to watch it again, but um, we did hit a few more locations um, that, uh, that Abraham Lake, that episode that you mentioned uh, when all those guys, um, Nick Page and Heaton and Adam Gibbs, they, they all came. Um, we were all looking for ice bubbles. Um, but, uh, it also looks amazing in the fall. Um, Adam Gibbs actually had some stupendous images uh, from last year in the fall. Um, yes, yeah, because it's it's a damned it's a damned lake. Um, so uh, infrequently in the fall, um, it is usually not the case. It happened last year. It happened this year as well. Um, the water level is really high, so it flooded all the aspen trees, and so they were in uh, doing their their popping with color, but um, they were also the it was reflecting in in the water now the challenge with that location and the reason why there's so many ice bubbles is um the wind just howls through there which is why yeah. the which is why the ice is always polished so you can usually see the ice bubbles but it also makes getting reflections super difficult so um i was there for a few days with gavin um i ended up having to go oh no then we went to this spot by lake louise and i think he's going to make an episode out of that um, and then I had to go back home. He went back to Abraham Lake with really calm conditions. And I think got some really good images there. Um, and then we hit one more spot. So there might be two or three more episodes. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Have you ever thought of doing your own channel? <laughs> he, every single time I get together with him, he, he bugs me about that, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's too stressful for me. I'm, I guess I'm too much of a perfectionist. Um, and to me, the YouTube seems like this endless treadmill that you can't get off. Like if you, if you want to just do it for fun, awesome. If you want to make a full-time living out of it, you can't ever stop producing. And I've had the chance to talk to guys like Heaton that have like half a million followers now. And I, he's gone through waves and all these guys have gone through waves. They're like, why am I doing this? It's so stressful. Um, the more people that follow you or subscribe to you, the, 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 the more their demands are and they, they expect more and more and more of you and they can't stop. They can't ever stop producing. And for me, that was, it's just too stressful. I just like to go out when I want to go out. Um, and I don't have to be accountable to anybody. I can, I can just go and do it. Yeah. And, and so in that way, I'm super happy to, uh, 
do some filming with Gavin and be on his, but, uh, um, and for them, he loves it. He loves doing the editing. He loves doing the audio part of it because he does all of his own. He's got a history of, uh, I think he used to do all these, um, like royalty free music, uh, websites. Yeah. He does his own music too. He does, his own, he does his own music. So that's what, um, now that's not a good business anymore. So that's sort of one of the reasons why he moved to YouTube. But, um, so he does, and he loves doing all of it. I'm sure there's some stress in there for him, but he just loves doing all of it. For me, it would just not be an enjoyable process. And I just would prefer to be, um, outside instead of staring at my computer. Um, but, uh, Anyways, good good question. Not interested, but I'm I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to play play around with with the other guys. Right on. Um, I it just your work is amazing, and I, I it's it's a shame that there isn't more ways to to look at it. <laughs> it's yeah, that, that that's fair, and and I guess um, uh, and the images that show up on Gavin's channel are just like luck if we get something decent they may or may not be our best images that we got of the year you know so a lot of my images um a lot of the images that, that have gone on his channel i almost begrudgingly give them to him because i'm not some of them i'm not super thrilled with um, if that's your worst stuff that i want to well, see your best if, <laughs> if it's crap i don't give it to him um but, i'm almost uh, afraid to look at it like indiana jones and the, the the final scene in the the raiders of the lost ark it's like don't don't look it's too beautiful well, <laughs> well that's that, that's kind no i th- i think we're all our own worst critic i guess like you probably look back over over the year and if you really had to like print something for your own wall how many images would you would you want to put on your own wall i'm, I'm sure you take a ton of good shots especially because of how often you're out shooting but how many would you want to put on your own wall and you'd want to look at it every day for the next 10 years we're all pretty we're all pretty uh, our own harshest critic and uh i guess that's what makes us wanting to keep get better um yeah i suppose is uh if you're not super happy with it you keep pushing to to improve which is, uh, I suppose, what most photographers do. I guess in any art form, I guess with music or with any art, you'd probably do the same, constantly wanting to get better, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It's um, just always striving to be better, always learning. There you go. (laughs) Right on, man. Well, while the, the, the last few moments here, why don't you tell the world where they can see some of your work? (laughs) <laughs> um, as, as far as I understand, um, Brent Henderson photography is still up on Instagram. Um, there's, there's some pretty good images on there that I'm, that I'm happy with. Um, now, oh my God, yeah. uh, of course I do mostly panoramic photography. It's difficult to, to show that on a really tiny little screen and you have to slice off half of the Instagram to make it. So it gets really tiny, but, um, so there's some stuff on there. Um, I, do have I did have a website. A buddy of mine um, is a programmer, is rebuilding new ones. So hopefully within the next I don't know six months that there'll be a whole bunch of new stuff up on that. And I guess in in Gavin's uh, upcoming videos on Photo Tripper, um, which I think is the name of his channel, um, there'll be a few more images coming up on that. Um, other than that, uh, you sir, if you end up in the Banff area, as you as you uh, seem to want to come, um, just shoot me an email. I'd be happy to take you out. 
as soon as the border is open and it gets a little warmer again, I will absolutely take you up on that, man. No, man. Some of the best stuff is when it's super freaking cold. All the ice and the crystals. And if it gets, maybe it's too cold for you, but when it gets down below minus 20, you end up with this thing called the ice fog. And there's um, any remaining bits of water. The difference of the air temperature and the, and the water temperature is a lot. So you end up sort of like with this, uh, this fog that's sort of like hanging hanging uh, over the ground with all these ice crystals everywhere. Um, I may need to do a Rocky style montage to get trained for that. Kind of cool. <laughs> well, anyways, you, you shoot me a message when it's, when it's warm enough, you, you can go. You got it. Hey, I, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I know you and uh, Gavin climbed up uh, just the side of a mountain on the side of the road. And, um, in, in the summertime, I remember those videos, and you guys were eating the wild strawberries. Oh, that yeah. looked amazing! It is, yeah, yeah. He's he's usually like my my other passion, I guess, is just hiking. Um, so I'm just thrilled to be outside all the time. Yeah. And he only he, he lived here briefly. He lived here for about a year, and then moved back to Vancouver Island. But um, he seems to be pretty happy that I can just go hiking all summer. And then when he finally he's ready to come out over here. He just gets to pick the best spots that I found over the year. So we just, <laughs> we just go to the good ones. But... That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Well, do, I, I could keep going and talking about gear and talking about, I definitely want to have another conversation with you on just places that you visited and uh, the hiking. Cause I, I love hiking too. Um but let's save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds just fine. Thanks for the chat, man. That was super fun. Awesome. Great talk to you, man. Yeah. All the best. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, X-Mark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice... That's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.